All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler Friel, and uh, back in the, the quote-unquote studio, here's Matt Herkstroder. I'd given Matt a call today talking arrows or something, so I figured good one to jump on here. Yep, wood arrows. Yeah, That's always yeah. an interesting subject. Yeah, I, you know, I think I've mentioned on here before, my plan is to kill a grizzly bear with a stone point this year, which requires me to shoot wood arrows, which is totally out of my comfort zone. i just been pretty much just messing with carbons out of my recurves and longbows and stuff and the whole deal's turning into me getting another bow built and i finally ordered some ordered some wood shafting and and actually <laughs> called matt to ask him what the heck do i do to seal these things because they got to be sealed so he should be able to help me out with that here a little bit this spring but uh yeah so thanks for stopping by matt yeah no problem it's fun i'm glad i'm here again yeah well uh it's uh weather's finally starting to warm up here you and i both got some ice fishing in this last week yep yeah i was got a little sunburn and caught some fish and i don't know probably the last time i'll make it out yeah it's uh once it gets to it seems like once it hits this time of year it's just so everything's already kicking into summer Mm -hmm. Yeah, summer overdrive. The snow melts quick. Well, we were talking about the overflow in the lakes. Oh yeah, so there we was... yeah we get out there and and this on this lake and it's all wind blown snow like you expect it to be. And I think we'd stopped to punch one hole and it was my it was just me being stupid because we we stopped to punch one hole and kind of shoveling snow off and it's a little wet and it just didn't click because I mean I know all about overflow on rivers but it just didn't click in my head that the same thing will happen on lakes sometimes and something blew off i think a bag blew off and i hopped on one of the sleds this heavy touring sled to go grab it go storm it over there pin it down with the ski jump off and go up to my knees and it's soft but i didn't realize at the time you know yank the bag on there jump on the machine and just bury it it was like, it was like, you know, your crusty stuff on top and I don't know, you know, eight inches, eight, 10 inches of, of snow. And then there was, I don't know how that one worked. Then it was slush, slush and then yeah. a little layer of ice and then just water underneath it. And so I definitely got water in the boots on that one. And as soon as I did it, I was just, oh, are you kidding me? Don't have anything, you know, didn't have a come along, of course, but didn't have anything to come along too. And out in the middle of this lake, and it took <laughs> it took Bill, the guy I was with, about fifteen minutes to notice that I was in trouble. <laughs> and he came over there, and he he stopped short and stayed in, stayed in my tracks, and walked over there, and we horsed that stupid machine around for like two hours. I want to say, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's no fun. We didn't we didn't uh, break through except for one little spot with the, with the sleds, but almost every time we jumped off you know, onto the ice, off the machines, it was water underneath. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was, we finally, what we ended up doing, and we're lucky there was an old snow machine track pretty close. We were, we'd lift this thing, and of course that whole track and undercarriage gets just packed with slush and weighs like three times what it should. Can't even move it at all. Yeah, I mean, we, both of us get on the, on the ass end of that, lift it up, get the track on the snow and, and we'd kind of pack it down and shimmy it over there and give her a go and make it like 10 feet 
And finally, we got it up on that old snow machine track, which is what saved us. But uh, was it froze on that? Where the yeah, track all was? all the tracks, all the you know, quote where anybody had ridden before was froze. Uh, not solid, but good enough. Yeah. So after we got that figured out, we we were pretty gun shy there. We were sticking all. We were only riding where where there was tracks and and uh, anytime we'd we'd think about get, stopping or punching a hole we'd jump off there and kick down there to make sure it was oh what a nightmare though really that's what i'm blaming for it being slow fishing because we couldn't hit a lot of the spots we wanted to hit we'd uh we finally found we found one section of the lake that was all that it had overflowed but it was all pretty froze i mean running the auger you'd get down to the to about a six inch layer through about six inches of ice and it was water and then ice you know but oh yeah it was okay for driving around on but we, we ran into that even on the river this year, pike fishing, same thing. There was like, didn't really have overflow, but it was a layer of ice, then water, then another layer of yeah. ice, and then finally you'd punch through. But. And you could tell it was just overflow that had frozen. You know, I don't know. They must have just got a bunch of snow down there before the lake froze hard because there was only about two feet of clear ice, and then the rest of it was just that junk on top. Yeah, yeah. Because it was about four feet thick, but just nasty yeah but we we caught a few lake trout and i think a couple burbot. i think the lakes are like that everywhere because our the lake we were on same way you know and fishing was a little slow we never fished this lake we went to before it was kind of a trial and error for us and we caught some fish too and one burbot but it was fun yeah i still i wish it was a little hot and heavy a little bit more hot and heavy fishing but that's okay yeah i mean i've i've i'm not an expert at lake trout for by any means my buddy that was with me he's did a lot more than i have but he uh he pretty much was like oh this lake's horrible you know and i mean we caught fish but we we worked for him yeah you know yeah that was the thing that first day finally you know got got everything unstuck and got i think it was the first couple sets of holes we punched sitting there and when it's slow man it's bored you're just staring at that pole yeah thinking there's no way anything's gonna bite this and then that lake trout hits it bam you know and i think i that first one hit and i was holding the pole and i set the hook and then it must have yanked him up because then everything's slack and i'm cussing <laughs> like oh, i missed him <laughs> you know then i realized it was still slack so i i still had him and it was about eleven pounder. It was a decent fish. Yeah, but, uh, nice. I think he caught he got like a sixteen, seventeen pounder the next day. But yeah, it was it was fun. But uh, well, that's always fun. Like you said, the spring's finally coming, and you know when you can sit out there on the ice all day and get sunburned. And yeah, it's you know it's yeah, not it's, quite cold, and it's not cold, but. I mean, usually there's a wind. We had a wind blowing where we yeah, were. Yeah, we but. did too. There was uh, the second day we were out. It was there was some pretty good stretches where it was sunny and no wind blowing, and then you're yanking off clothes and and it's just a nice way to get out. I I haven't done much ice fishing myself up here. It seems like I always got other stuff going on, but uh, I could see getting getting pretty into that. Yeah, I've I've the past probably three years I've did a lot more than I have in the past. It's just my my buddy that i fish with a lot there and my trapping partner he's uh he loves ice fishing so he drags me out there and now that i've did it especially lake trout because a lot of the i've never caught that many lake trout yeah you know and he's 
I won't say perfected it, but he's gotten pretty decent at catching those things. And yeah, yeah, uh, someone that's learned the hard way is <laughs> yeah way better to learn from than than just it, banging around myself. It seems like, and I think lake trout can be a exercise in frustration anyway, just for the yeah. fact that sometimes I mean, you know, we're you we had a fish finder and we're dropping it down through the ice, you know, and we're marking fish. There's fish there. Yeah. And you can jig that lure right in front of them and they won't take it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they just sit there and they look at it and that's it. You really got to entice them. And sometimes even that doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, the last day before we left, we were, we were like, well, we're going to head out about noon. So we had the morning to fish and we went to two holes that we drilled that where we kind of had found finally some drop off. Yeah. You know, cause we drilled holes all over this lake trying to figure out where the where the good spot was, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, I didn't catch nothing where the hole I was in. And then he was marking fish. I mean, he had like three or four on the screen at a time, Wow! but none were, they weren't hitting it. And then we started thinking, well, maybe they're not even Lakers or something else or white fish or yeah. who knows what they are. We're not sure. And, uh, it, it seemed like finally, he had one following. You could he could pull his lure up and it would follow, and he'd drop it and it'd go back down. You could tell it was starting to like get excited about it. Yeah, and then finally it it hit it. But I mean, it took probably an hour, jeez, of that to get him to even take the take the lure. Man, and it, ended up, it was a little fish. I mean, it was probably a three four pounder, but none of them thirty pounders. No, <laughs> no, none of those on this trip. That was uh we were hoping, but yeah, that's thing. Unexplored lakes, you never know. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, yeah, so get back to town, and the snow's starting to melt, and it's gonna be gonna be bear baiting time here before you know it. Yep, I'm ready. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> you're not probably ready. not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. But yeah, I'm I'm totally not ready. It's gonna be it's operation find a motor for my find an outboard for my boat <laughs> here this spring. <laughs> Is uh. You gonna replace that one then? That you yeah, had? it was. Uh, <clears throat> I fought it all year last year and had it narrowed down to my. Well, one of the issues I think I need to replace the wiring harness in my control box, but had a set of bearings go out. Order a brand new drive shaft and the bearings housing pressed on there, and because uh, my old drive shaft was shot and uh, put it in there less than fifteen hours, that goes out or is starting to go out. And I had it in all tore apart. And well, I had to test the compression on my motor, and it's like a soda bottle has more compression than that <laughs> motor right now. So, so I think it's time to retire that one. But uh, I could probably bum my dad's boat to get stuff started, but we'll see. Yeah, boats are an expense of themselves. I get every year. I I think eh, maybe I should just sell my boat. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, no, I'll probably miss it. Then I'll regret selling it and, you know, whatever. But they just, they're a money pit. Them things are just. Oh, they really are. And but I, they're a lot of fun. They, they are, and they get you to some places. That's kind of why I think I would regret it. Just, I'd be limiting myself a little bit more if I did, but. Yeah, you'd be throwing yourself in with everybody else baiting standard crick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting in the four-wheeler pickup and, yeah, just. I don't know. That, having the boat's nice. I just don't use it as much as I used to. I mean, bear baiting, I use it the most. Yeah. And then, I mean, 
I, I used to use it a little bit more. I mean, take it to Valdez and go fish Silvers or Clutina or some of these places and yeah. fish, you know, throughout the summer. But anymore, it's so busy and trying to get away from the house with a garden and yeah critters and you know the kids yeah. want to go do stuff too and so it's yeah i just don't find myself using it as much as i used to yeah about this time of year you'd be regretting it yep <laughs> and gas that's the other thing gas ain't cheap either I no mean, but yeah bear bait and that's kind of the the main money pit for the boat right now at least yeah and it's uh actually had a couple people email in asking to <clears throat> talk a little bit about bear bait and i don't know we can it's fixing to be bear season, so you're going to hear a lot about about bears, yeah. bears and bear baiting in the coming months. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's because the season starts April fifteenth here, like in a week. Yep, it's coming up. But I don't know in the interior anyway. I don't. It, I don't see. It. I've never had a bear hit before May. Me neither. I used to get out there real early. You know, even as a kid, when I first started baiting with my dad, me and my brother, and we were we would be all gung ho, go out there, but snow's not even gone and we're sledding in bait and all this stuff and Yeah. You go there week after week after week and nothing's even there. Yeah. And that's not to say it can't happen, but for the majority, especially if you're you're putting out a new bait most of the time. Yeah. I mean I've had baits where you show up it seems like after May first things start things start rolling along and I don't know, my baits I'm pretty limited because I can't get out there before the ice goes out. Yeah, same with same with me. I mean, I could, but then it, there would be a a lull there where I couldn't go. Yeah, you know. But I the problem is I've or not really a problem, but I've never had a. It's an established bait, just like yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can typically, right around May to May tenth, I'll go out, put the bait out. You know, May one through the tenth, something like that. Usually, yeah. it's around one. And, uh, I mean, within sometimes that day, even I've had trail camera pictures the same day I've put the bait out. Yeah. Bears on it. And I'm, I always tell myself, yeah, why would I go early? Yeah. I, I mean, I can pretty much do it when I want. And yeah. Have bears hitting it. You yeah. Know? Last year on one of my baits, it's primarily for grizzlies. We ran a grizzly bear off there. And of course, there hadn't been food there in almost a year. And walk, we walked up to the to the bait, you know, first go in there and check it out, hauling stuff in. I was like, man, that looks, and I said to Frank was with me, I'm like, man, that looks like it's all scratched up, like fresh scratches and, you know, where that, where I put my bait and, and he, uh, right when I said that, heard something take off through the brush and huff and it sound, sounded like a bear, could have been a moose, who knows, but my story is it was a grizzly bear. <laughs> yep. No, I... That's the benefits of of getting a bait established. Yeah. You know, and once it's established, I think it's a little easier, you know. For, yeah, in, yeah, in some ways it is. I mean, it's still a lot of work, but I mean, those bears know that they can come back. Yeah. To, you know, and it becomes a place they investigate. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't yeah. know. But that being said, getting... Getting an established bait is a whole nother story. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, probably at least half the baits I've put out kind of experiment and never even get hit. Yeah. Same with me. Or they're not what not numbers of bears. 
you know, that's another thing. I like to have numbers of bears, even if, you know, usually on my bait, we're not taking more than a couple. Yeah. But I just, I like numbers. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and you do, I guess the reason I like that is because growing up as a kid, having our bait, we had a pretty good bait that we had for quite a while. And we'd get bears, but it would be like maybe three. Yeah. You know, three or four. And you kind of just, and, and it's hard to be picky when you, when you only got a couple bears yeah, hitting it. You exactly. Know? And, and I think you'd never know either what's going to show up. And my thought is, is too, with those numbers, there's sow, sows, and those sows are bringing boars in. But I guess like if, because um, a lot of people find themselves in the trying to find a spot to bait, if you had to tell people like a couple things, tips for spy, finding a decent bait bait site, what would you tell them then i'll maybe give mine i don't know really i i mean first thing is you got to get out there and at least try yeah i mean <laughs> there's a lot of guys that i mean i don't think they put in the effort they should but um yeah you you need to try i think you definitely need to give it a chance too but as far as like finding a spot i don't know i mean i struggled with that for a lot of years you know putting out just i would kind of look for a random i shouldn't say random spot but i wanted to be away from people yeah and to me i think it's kind of hard to get away from people especially around here Mm -hmm. it just seems that way um but i don't always think either that you have to be far i mean i've had some buddies that's had some somewhat close baits and killed some good bears yeah you know but i don't know i I, I like to be, I don't know, that's, that's kind of a hard one. Like moose, I think if you're in an area where there's some moose, there's probably going to be some bears around. Yeah. Um, just because of when they start calving. I mean, mm. I find that where I'm at now. Oh, yeah. You know? No, I do think that when the cows start dropping calves that the bear, I won't say it slow. it slows down. And I, I typically see that, though, and then they come back it, yeah. in maybe a week or two, and then they're back. But there's a kind of a slow spot there for a little while, and that's what I think it is. They're, they're hunting moose calves. Yeah, they'll follow those cows around, yeah. help them with the delivery. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, like, advice on finding a spot. I mean, everybody kind of does it a different way. I, I never really went at, went at it with a a methodical way of doing it i just try to get away from people yeah you know and that's that's probably one of the biggest things i think there i mean i don't know how many hundreds of bait stations get put at in 20b where we're at but it's a lot yeah and there's so many people that they'll go and maybe you know depending on what they're used to maybe they do think it's way out in the sticks but there's baits, you know, some of these places, there's baits every half mile. Yeah. You know, I've baited places like that. And, and it's, uh, and that's not to say you can't, you can't kill bears on there or nice bears, but we'll get to that. But, uh, so it's, it's always cracked me up and <clears throat> somebody's mind, you know, guys will go put a bait out that's a 45 minute drive or an hour, takes them an hour to get there, hour and a half, two hours. And they'll go check it two or three times a week. And when they could have just driven or 
gotten, you know, put a bait in that takes them five, six hours to get to. And a lot of times, go back, hunt at one time and get your bear. Yeah. You know, it's not always how it works, but it seems like, you know, those baits that, that guys put a lot of effort into getting out there into stuff that's not real crowded do better generally. Yeah. And I mean, that goes to show though that, I mean, it's just less people. Because yeah. I, I do think if you're in an area where there's baits, I mean, there's still going to be bears probably, but I think I think the advantages of the baiting, especially, and I mean, that's kind of a hot topic. Some places, I guess, they don't like yeah. baiting, but in my mind, baiting is a better way to hunt them almost anyway, because you can be really selective Yeah, if you want. I mean, and I think it's great for kids. That's another thing I like about it. You yeah. Know, for kids, I mean, my both my kids that was their first animal they killed was off of a bait. It was a bear. And it's just, you have way more control. Um, you know, it's in a more controlled environment, I guess. Yeah. For especially young hunters. Yeah. You know, or or inexperienced people, you know, you can, cause I mean, even on a bait, sometimes judging if for someone who hasn't seen a lot of black bears, judging a black bear size is not easy. You know, you just see a black bear out in the woods you know, no one has any idea. Whereas you can get them there and if you can control yourself, yeah, get them there and they're, you know, you can really evaluate them next to something, you know, to gauge their size with and, and be a little realistic. And, uh, then you get a lot of, you know, you can be patient for a good shot opportunity there too. Yep. Yeah. Going back to what you said about, a like looking for a bait spot too. Something I kind of look at too, is I like I like some areas that have a little bit of cover mm-hmm. for the bears. I have baited places that don't, I mean, I put a bait up one year in just a birch woods. Yeah. They were, you know, there wasn't no thick cover. And I did kill a bear there, but I didn't have a lot of bears showing up. And that part of it, I think, was also where that was. I mean, yeah. that was like you were saying, baits like every half a mile from each other. You know, it means like bait after bait after bait. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure that bear was hitting all those other baits too. Yeah. And I think that can be a problem also. If if you're away from people and you have a bait, they're going to be coming to your bait and your bait only, you know? Yeah. In most cases. Yeah. And I've noticed that too, because the, the <laughs> one bait that, you know, I've been baiting it for about 16 years and then my uncle is the one who put it in, you know, another, since I was in diapers probably. And it used to not, I mean, just the past few years, it's gotten a lot more crowded up there and there's guys put one in, I don't know, a little, not quite half a mile downstream and across the river. Then one guy who I'm a little miffed at that, cause he knows right where I'm at, put his right across the river from mine. And it's definitely disrupted things a little bit. And it's the only thing that it's still worth hunting because it's a, it's been established for so long and it, you know, it's still decent hunting, but it's nothing like it used to be. So that, that does make a difference. You get bears hitting, like I never used to hear bears swim across the river and now I do. Now you do. Yeah. I just, that, I think, like you said, if you, if you can be away from people, you won't have those problems. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's easy to say, but it's not necessarily easy to do. Yeah, you know, I mean, in a in a big thing too. The the further away you get, I'm I'm just saying from from 
here in town, mm-hmm. you know, you, unless you decide to do like what you're talking about, you know, maybe hunt it one, one or two times, you know, yeah. and, and, and kill your bear, that will work fine. But if you're going to go there a lot, yeah. I mean, it gets really expensive after a while. Yep. Um, so it just depends what you want to do, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, but we've talked about some things in the past, you know, before about some baiting we want to do. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention it, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, My dad you know. still says he's game to do it this year, so we'll see. Hopefully we'll make it up there, but. Uh, that would be, I think, pretty sweet, you know, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things, you just got to go do it. But, and circling back to uh, kind of baits that are around people, like a lot of them get hit. And there are bears using them, but what I'd call town bears are smart. Yeah. Like they, and they know where all those baits are and I've seen it where they will circle, you know, whether it's a hundred yards or 200 yards downwind of the bait before they come in and seeing them where they're circling down in one of these baits, circling downwind. And if you're there, they'll just go to the next one. Yeah. No, you're right. You're exactly right. And growing up when I was first learning how to bait, um, we used to be like really scent particular and stuff yeah. like that. And I've kind of found any more that I don't mess with that too much. Yeah. Um, you know, pee in a milk jug and do all that kind of, yeah. I don't even do that anymore. I mean, I, I haven't really noticed a change. I don't know if you've encountered that type of thing. I mean, just like people used to say, oh, bug spray. They're going to smell the bug spray. They're going to smell the thermosol. Yeah, like I don't care if they smell a thermosol. I'm still using it. Yeah, well, me too, (laughs) because they work. But, uh, yeah, they. I haven't really noticed that. What I'll do sometimes is when I set it up, I'll stick a thermosol pad, you know. So they tack it in the tree that I'm sitting in just to – and I've heard a lot of guys, you know, spraying bug dope on the tree yep. to kind of get them Used to accustomed it. to that scent. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like, young bears doesn't bother a bit. No. So, it's, a sm- it just, it's the smart, it, the, the probably the old smart ones. The bears ones, you want to kill. <laughs> yeah, the older smart ones are definitely going to be a lot more cautious. Although, you know, and it it's just kind of a toss-up. Sometimes, like, a big black bear will be that spooky, and sometimes they want the grizzly bears, they're... I pretty much only hunt when it's a good wind, and I've messed around with those those, those Ozonics things. Oh yeah, and they're that's such a gimmicky thing, but they I'm pretty convinced that under the right circumstances they can help you out. Because um, that's the biggest thing with grizzly bears is you just have a certain number number of them are gonna come in a way you didn't think they did and wind you. Well, and I think too with grizzly bears, and you've talked about it before, is the um they're not as repetitious or easy the pattern as no. a, as these black bears are. And I, I remember when they first opened that up for baiting of grizzlies, uh, people were just like, oh, man. It's going to be a slaughter. It, slaughter. I mean, and really, I mean, there's grizzlies to get killed, but there's not near the numbers you would think. Yeah. Well, talking you know, to talking to the fishing game guys, they're, you know, by the numbers, it's like less than 3% success rate. Yeah. it's It's a different type of baiting. I mean, yeah. you've got it figured out pretty good. I'm, I mean, I've got theories and things that I've seen on my baits with grizzlies and, you know, and they kind of coincide which, with what we've talked about yeah. before, but, uh, it's, they're a different, 
it's a totally different, uh, you know, I almost think you got to specify, is it grizzly baiting or black bear baiting? Yeah. Because it's, it's not the same. They don't no. go hand in hand necessarily, I don't think. Yeah. And I mean, I've killed a couple grizzlies on my main black bear bait, but just the, they're just a totally different animal. Like you got to, in a sense, I'm hunting them the same way, but in another sense, I'm not. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think too? I mean, what do you think about, um, cause I've heard people say this before too. Oh, I got a grizzly hitting my bait. This is like years ago before yeah. you could, yeah. um, and they give up on their black bear bait and they're like, oh, we got a grizzly coming. And I'm always kind of, I used to think that, yeah, but I don't anymore just because of what I've seen happen. I mean, I do think they changed the black bear patterns a little bit. Yeah. Um, while the grizzlies are coming in or grizzly, but I've never had where black bears just disappear. No. Yeah. And I think the biggest, especially if it's, oh, you get one grizzly in there, I wouldn't even worry about it. And in my experience, at least around here is grizzly bears will usually only hit your bait a couple a days, times. then they're gone. Yeah. Um, maybe a sow with cubs might hang around a little longer, but the black bears definitely do still come in. I've shot them the same night because I've seen actually the last black bear I shot with my bow, shot that one. And then I was, it was, it died like 50 yards back in the woods, was back there taking pictures of it, heard something, another black bear was on the bait. Then 10 minutes later, a sow grizzly with three two-year-old cubs came in. And it was a little interesting, but yeah, no, it's, I definitely wouldn't give up on, especially if it's just one or two, that, that bait, before you could shoot the grizzlies, it would basically get overrun where there's, I mean, one year, I think we had eight different grizzlies hit that thing in like a couple of days. Yeah. But generally when it's, you know, one bear, one or two grizzly bears, the black bears will still hit it, although they get a lot less predictable. Yeah, yeah, and they're not they're not as on a schedule as much. And no, I, you'll see them you'll see them come in during the middle of the day, the daytime. Yeah, um, but they're in their way way spookier too. Yeah, you know how about what do you think about a bigger black bear like a big mature boar? I mean, it, like how do you think they'll react around you know grizzly activity? I mean, I'm sure I, they're still yeah, a little cautious, but... I don't... Yeah, I don't know that it... Unless you get a real aggressive grizzly that's kind of running them off, I think they're, you know, a big mature black barrel kind of do his own thing. They'll avoid them, but if they want to come in there, they're gunning. They're going I to, mean, yeah. I think it was Tony Hollis had a video from years ago of a black bear running a grizzly off a of bait. But I... And actually, the, the first bear I shot with my bow was like... He was like a six foot eight black bear... And he came in about 45 minutes after a couple grizzlies came in, you know, young ones. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it just is pecking order of the woods. Whoever's meanest gets to. <laughs> yeah, gets first first dibs. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so. No, I think that's what's cool about bear baiting, though, too. You do learn a lot. Yeah. I mean, just because of that repetition and the, all the opportunity you have of just, like, judging, like you're talking about. Yeah. It's a great way to just watch bears, even if you don't shoot one and you can watch them. Yeah. It, decipher if it's a sow or a boar or whatever. Sometimes you can tell. I mean, I've, where I'm at, I get a lot of, 
it seems like a lot of pairs come in. Mm-hmm. And usually I can, I'm like, okay, one's a sow, one's a boar. Yeah. And usually that's what the ends up happening. And they are a little bit younger. There's, you know, get a decent number of bears, but a lot of, and I'm talking black bears, they're, every once in a while there's a good one. Yeah. You know, but the majority are, they're just an average. Yeah. Average size bears. We had a few years ago, my wife shot one of them, actually had three of them coming in at the same time. And I don't know, they all looked like boars to me, you know, who, who knows really there wasn't a distinctive any of them that had that distinctive sow look but uh and hers was the biggest of the three although it was pretty close they're all pretty similar body size i think he was six and a half foot excuse me but uh yeah you never know what you're gonna see or learn one thing i've learned is those grizzly bears when they're paired up like this one was i'm pretty sure was a brother and sister young boar and young sow is hearing them in the woods they do that like huff to communicate to let each other know where they are yep but and then the same time you know the the boar i shot last year ran both of them off and it's can be an aggressive thing too you know i don't know if it's a little different tone or or what but i think those bears vocalize a lot more than people think they do you know like have you ever heard black bears when they're walking? It's a real quiet kind of a whoa, 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 yep. whoa, whoa, Yep. You know, if there's two of them there and what, you know, they'll just whoa, 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 I actually. Kind of ha- like that, I think. I, I have a, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, but I've got a, uh, it's a bear call and it makes all those noises, those sounds that bears make. Oh, wow. Like a sow in heat. Um, it's, and I've got a, there's a CD or something that goes with it. And uh, he expl- the guy explains what each one of those vocalizations mean. Huh. And uh, yeah, I'll have to show that. Show yeah, you that that's sometime. cool. And I've I've actually sat in the stand and tried using it, um, just to see if I can get a response or you know I don't really know that I'm calling them in mm-hmm. necessarily. The I I probably ha- I haven't used it enough to really come to that conclusion, but. I mean, you can imitate those sounds with this call. Oh, that's cool. Which is kind of neat. Who makes that? I don't remember. I'll, I'll text you the name of it later, but I don't I don't remember who makes it. I've had that thing for a long time. I've had it for years. Yeah. And some years I carry it, some years I don't. I just, I haven't really probably used it enough to think that it's an advantage. Yeah. Necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm thinking, okay, I'm at a bait. I mean, there's food there. You know, and they all know what's there. They know it's there, you know, and I've never really used it out. I've tried like spot stock but, type thing, but never really got a response. Well, and you wonder, you know, sometimes it goes either way. I mean, you may wonder, does doing this, will that maybe, if there's a kind of a dominant boar out there, will that get him to come in here to run whatever off? Or is he going to come in anyway? Yeah. And even that same thing with grizzly bears. You know, I thought about using uh, moose calf distress to see what that does. And there's all sort of playing around you could do with that, although I wouldn't have my back to the brush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so uh, tell me about moving from ground blinds to tree stands. Oh, yeah. I uh, <clears throat> For grizzly bears, I don't sit on the ground anymore. That's, uh, you can call it whatever you want. My, my what I say anyway is that it's just so hard to stay undetected on the ground 
with a grizzly bear that close. I mean, yeah, you could set up farther and probably be fine, but, you know, most of mine are like 15 yards or less. And, man, it's just the last time we sat in a ground blind, had a sow and a boar grizzly come in, and, of course, there's beat-down trails going back in the woods from the other side of the bait, and we hear them come in and run around behind us and come in upwind, and she walks right and I think I probably, I don't know if I told the story on this podcast, but long story short, we ended up between the sow and the boar and she turned and seen us and just full on charged and we didn't have to shoot her. She, you could tell about halfway to us, she was changing her mind, but it still took her a while to get, get the, get the momentum stopped. Yep. <laughs> and I was just like, man, why are we doing this? But yeah, I would think so yeah, be- and a lot of the time I've had, you know, had one big grizzly bear walk right up to me, which if he had been able to shoot him at the time, I would have shot him a long time before that. And I don't know, I'm not too worried about him charging after the shot, just yeah. especially with a bow. They just don't, they don't, I've always run away. They have never like spun around and looked around. It's always, they know something happened. They don't know what, and they're going right back the way they came. But just being able to stay undetected long enough, I mean, you've seen those things come in, how wired they are. Yeah. Just, it's not like sneaking up on them on a salmon stream or where they're... Doing their own thing. Doing, just kind of moseying along, kind of in a relaxed state. It seems like those grizzlies anyway, when they come into a bait, they're just on edge. Well, and that's what I wonder if they just, it's because other bears are in the vicinity and they're around and, you know, whether it's black bears or grizzlies. I, I think it is, um... You know, and they, and even if there isn't any other grizzly bears right there then that I know of, I think that may just be kind of programmed into them. Like, you know, they find a winter kill moose or a moose they killed, you know. It's a food source. They're just always probably used to having to fight something else off of it. And uh, one thing I, I noticed was that a lot of times you can hear those grizzlies coming for a long time, whereas normally you can't, you know, black bears are super quiet. And I think it's my theory, whatever it's worth, that they're do they're letting other bears know no, that they're yeah. coming, yep. and to scare other bears off of there. Because I've so many times had them do that, and the there was two times I didn't hear the grizzly. It was uh, the first one, I don't know, first or say so, yeah, first one I had. Uh, I was sitting in the stand, it was like two o'clock in the morning and this black bear tried climbing up my tree and woke me up and kind of shoot it away and it's sitting there eating and I'm just half awake sitting watching it and all of a sudden, I didn't hear anything. All of a sudden that thing lifts his head up and hauls out of there. And of course I grabbed my bow as soon as like, by the time I got my bow in front of me, that grizzly was standing there and, and shot her. But uh, the other time we had a grizzly that came in twice and spooked and it, we know it didn't smell us, but it knew something was, something was wrong and come in and kind of do a walk through and huff and run off. Well, third time, and this is the time we were using those, those onyx things and the wind was just barely drifting. And I heard a couple pops. I heard her making this big loop downwind and then she came in soup, didn't make a sound, came all the way in, you know, nose in the air trying to smell us. And unfortunately for that bear, 
didn't smell us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, and I've, you know, so much, Sarah, quite a few times had bears where I, I hear them coming, hear them coming, then, uh, you know, up they're getting downwind and then they stop. I mean, you hear them coming for 30 seconds or a minute, break and brush and, you know, it seems like they break branches a lot. I don't know if it's just inadvertent that they're stepping on them, but you'll hear them coming. As soon as they get downwind, you don't hear another sound and you never see them again. Yeah, uh, that's something, too, that I was, uh, you were kind of reminding me of about picking a spot. I mean, my spot in particular, I don't know how yours are set up, but my spot, I have a slough to my back. Mm -hmm. And not a whole, I mean, there's a little bit of, so there's some brush, but there's not a whole lot of uh, walkable ground. Yeah, I mean, it kind of forces the bears to come in in the front of, you know, where I can either see. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, and, and most of the time they do. I've had very few that have actually, they might circle. I have had them circle and kind of go between the slough and where my stand is. Mm-hmm. But they're, uh, most of the time they never do. And part of it is wind or dire- the wind direction. The way the wind blows yeah. there, it's, it's typically not, they don't need to circle in yeah. that way anyway. And that's the thing that I, like one big thing in picking a bait site is... I mean, it's going to vary from day to day, but your prev- the direction of your prevailing wind is a big thing. And the being not as, you know, most of my stuff's just on rivers, so that's where I've really learned to dial it in. That upper bait, I, I knew it would be a good spot, you know, both knowing how these bears be- behave and travel, those grizzlies at least, and that's what I was targeting on that one, or moving downstream, hunting moose calves in the spring from their, um, dens up in the mountains. And I really like outside bends on the river. Mm-hmm. And I look at a map and, you know, find an outside bend that basically if I can find, it's the farthest outside bend in a ways. Cause when those animals are moving, black bears or grizzly bears, they'll follow those rivers. And I mean, that's the most traveled corridors for just about any animals along the rivers. And you want them to have to if they're moving down the river or up the river, you want them to have to pass as close to your bait as possible. Yep. And that, yeah, having that bend that's there, why, they, they walk to that. Yeah. And that spot, um, there's a, a little creek on one side, which I've found out doesn't stop them from coming in that way. <laughs> they'll swim. They'll swim they'll it. Just swim right across. But, uh, yeah, so, sometimes my actual stand setup isn't maybe ideal or as ideal as I would like it, but that's just kind of what that spot gives me. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely want to have, have whether it's away from a river or something, you want to pay attention to the prevailing winds and where you think those bears are going to be moving through. And, uh, and you know, most of those spots, the prevailing winds blowing off the river. Yep. So I, a lot of, t- a lot of nights can't really hunt it, even if I want to, just cause the wind's blowing the wrong way. Well, and kind of how I look at that, though, the wind's blowing that way, but it's also blowing that scent that way. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And that's what... So, it, I mean, not... It's blowing the bait scent, especially if you're trying to establish a bait. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important. You got to oh. get... You have to get the scent out there. And that's what I... You know, what I was trying to say is, you know, you want a prevailing wind that will get your attractor lure and... I don't know, baiting them's pretty simple. There's a lot of neat, you know, baits and stuff out there, but basically 
an attracting lure, something super stinky, super strong that they can smell for miles. And then that's some sort, whether it's dog food or donuts or whatever to, to yeah, give it, them something to eat. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, they don't, cause they ain't, they typically ain't going to eat whatever rotten, nasty you got out there anyway. Yeah. I mean, we learned that way back when I was a kid, we used to be able to get like beef fat. Yeah. You know, and we'd, we'd be saving that stuff, you know, get it like this time of year or even mm-hmm. sooner and have it buried in the snow banks because freezers couldn't hold it all, you yeah. know, and as the, as the season went on and the snow melted and the stuff was getting pretty bad, we found the bears wouldn't eat that stuff. Yeah. You know, they'd pick through it to find the good stuff. Yeah. Whether, whatever, like you said, donuts or dog food or, I mean, that's the other thing, the baits have gotten harder and harder to come by anymore you know that's i've yeah. kind of switched to dog food even though i'd never used dog food for a long time used other stuff you know yeah whether i could get donuts or bread or you know or using that that old beef soot whatever mm-hmm. but dog food just became convenient even yeah though it cost me 15 16 bucks a bag i what I, I bet I haven't seen there. I'm interested to see if that little Fred Meyer, the FMV brand dog food, shows back up in the store here. Because I bet. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder mean, how it, keeping that keeping that yeah. brand in business is yeah. bear baiters. Yep. Go go get it now because if you wait till season, it's hard to get hard to get there. Yeah. You know? But yeah, so yeah, you you know you watch your your prevailing wind, and I I like those spots where it's mostly blowing off to where I think the bears will be. And then you have to just be a little selective, at least with grizzly bears or if you're targeting big black bear, be selective on the nights you hunt. Uh, yeah. As I, I've I've tried it and it's just not even worth going if the wind's blowing the wrong way. No, I think that, what do you think about like, because uh, I know sows will draw boars in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've just seen them. All that I've sow seen, and heat stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, have you ever tried any of that? Yeah, or? I've... Uh, I've tried those bear bombs. I need to order some of the, the high test stuff. One year I I just put in a little plastic water bottle, I just dropped a couple catfuls with some water and and punched holes in that bottle and strung it up way up in a tree where they couldn't get to it. Or I thought they couldn't get to it. Well they got to it. But uh yeah, that stuff does seem to work. I've used those sow and heat bear bombs and if you don't get a bunch of rain right after you use it. I've had bears, like boars, come in right after, you know, that evening that I sprayed. I, granted, they'd already been in the area, but they come in, and that's the first thing they go to, is, and sniff around whatever tree I sprayed it on. And do you think that works the same for grizzlies as it does black bear, or not as much? I'm not convinced yet. I mean, I'll, I've tried it on the grizzly baits. You know, I don't know if, if it's a different, little bit different smell to those sow grizzlies or not. Um. I know that's your only, you know, your only hope of holding a big board grizzly on the bait longer than a couple of days if he's got a hot sow that doesn't want to leave. Um, I've seen that a few times, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth trying. I think. I mean, it was, especially with black bears, I've had, had a lot of what I would call success using that that sow and heat scent. Yeah, I haven't never really used it a lot. I've always just relied on the bears and the natural. But it's not thing. really till June that. You know, once they start yeah, breeding, that it yeah. really starts working. Working good, yeah. And that's, I've seen them boars following sows, like yeah. before June. But I would say 
not early May, but I've seen them in uh, probably later part of May into June, like starting. And I, that's how I can always tell because that's when I start seeing more pairs of bears coming yeah. in. And like you said, they're most of the time they're younger bears, but there's always, I mean, I've had a couple big bears that have shown up unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and I, I attribute it to that, you know, that, I mean, I had no trail camera pictures of them. No, nothing. Oh yeah. Well, they're drifting through and and there's a hot sow that's hanging around, even if she's with another boar, you know, they will. But what always worries me and I wonder, because sometimes they just disappear Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, where'd this bear go? And, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's because the sows taking them away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or why that was. I mean. Or if they just get done and done with her and go looking for the next one. Yeah. There was a, there was a big black bear that I had showed up a couple for just a couple days all three years ago or so. I, he was, he was bigger than the six, eight bear I killed. Like he was a big black bear and I, I never saw him in person. I got pictures of him a couple days and. That was it. I tried, tried like crazy to get, <laughs> to get him to come in when I was sitting there. But well, that's I've had that same thing where, the, and that's what I was kind of alluding to is they just disappear, and it's like where did this stupid thing go? Yeah, you know. I mean, I have everything here that it should want. Yeah, you know, and it's it's not sticking around. Obviously, there's something drawing it away. Yeah, that or you maybe just some of those older bears. That's why they get old because they don't. That's true, I guess. They don't follow the same patterns or, I guess, you know, could be, could be just something stupid simple too. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, like that, I kind of hunted that, the bear that I shot, uh, was he, yeah, last year? No, not last year, year before. Um, I kind of hunted that, like, like that, you know, I just, my son had a chance at it one night, it came in. His first time he was going to sh- get to shoot a bear. And, yeah. And that thing came in and I knew it was a bit, I had some pictures of this bear, but I hadn't seen it yet in person. And he, he showed up that night and it, it just never gave him a good, what I wanted him to have as far as a shot. Yeah. Um, I didn't want any questions mm-hmm. ab- about, you know, shot angle, nothing. I wanted it to be pretty much picture perfect for him yeah. to take the shot and, because I wasn't sure how he was going to react when, yeah. in front of a bear, you know what I mean? So it just, it was kind of, I mean, a typical old bear fashion. He was kind of skittish and moving around a bunch. I mean, the thing never settled in at all. And he didn't stay there that long either. He yeah. was there for 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, maybe, yeah. and then left. And it's, it's funny because, you know, the... A one school of thought is, and a lot of times, sometimes those big bears, like, and maybe it, yeah, probably more on more remote baits, maybe, I don't know, but they're, uh, that those big bears know they're the biggest one, and on, sometimes they'll be super comfortable, like, they don't care, they'll just come stomping in like they own the place, but if you're, if you're, at least if you're around people, that's typically not, not what happens. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's how, this one didn't. He didn't come in, you know, just charge in there. Yeah. I mean, he kind of took his time. He he paced her. I mean, I can see him, you know, where I'm at. I got a little bit of open, 
woods and then some thick, thick cover back behind. Mm-hmm. That's always where they come from. And there's bear trails all over back there. And they, he came in and he was trying to check the wind is what he was doing. Yeah. Kind of just walking around in like a half moon in front of me. And once he finally felt somewhat comfortable, he did. He came in, but then he like, he stayed there for a few minutes and he was constantly listening. Like something was up. He didn't like. Yeah. And and maybe it was because we were there. I don't know. But it just seemed the way his, his body, you know, what he was doing, he kept was always looking over behind him and he's never looking like towards our, our stand. Yeah, like something, and that's what, probably another bear back there that you guys didn't know about. Well, and that's what I was thinking, but I was, you know, how big this bear was. I'm like, man, why is he worried? Is it a grizzly yeah. bear or, you know, what? And, uh, yeah, he, he ended up leaving a couple times before he finally kind of just stayed there. You know, what I would consider kind of stay there, even though he was still skittish, you know, like moving around. It's like yeah. he wouldn't set in one spot, wouldn't set still at all. And that's how the grizzlies have always been. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just seems like they don't sit still. It's yeah. like they're nervous all the time. Yep. And uh, that big grizzly you've seen pictures up from from my bait, but I'm pretty sure somebody shot it because I haven't seen it in years now. But um, the sow that it was with, she just plopped down and eat, and the whole time that thing he would hardly even eat. Yeah, he just paced, huffed, stand up. You know, just yeah. It was crazy. My Lisa was with me when that thing came in that night. Man, she was kind of freaked out by the size <laughs> of that bear because it was a it was a good sized bear, and uh, just how nervous he was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird, you know, and, and especially you think a big bear like that. Like, why would they even care? But man, they're like they've been smoking crack or something. Yeah, they're just that's how they act. Yeah, they're just antsy, and there was. I mean, only one of the grizzlies I killed, and he was kind of weird. He, I watched him for like 15 minutes before I killed him. I wasn't gonna, you know, I was, wasn't gonna shoot him at first, then talk myself into it. <laughs> and he was he was like seven two, seven three, but um, that was the one, the probably the only grizzly I've seen that was just seemed super relaxed. And he was still moving around. He climbed up, which they can climb trees. He climbed up like 15 feet up in the spruce tree shimmied back down and then laid down and then I shot him when he stood up but yeah most of the time there so what do you think about uh hunting late at night compared to daytime oh I think that's you pretty much the only way to go for grizzlies I don't know the seems like the best time for black bears like the most productive time over the years has been from 10 o'clock to midnight or 11 to midnight um, it seems like black bears really need it to calm down and get quiet. You know how a lot of, and a lot of nights you'll be, you know, it'll be up till 10 or 10 or so. The sun's still kind of up. It's you hear birds, you hear, you stuff, hear birds, yeah. it's rustling, Squirrels. but then the birds and all this stuff start shutting up and it's like after it starts getting real quiet, then that's when the black bears will start show up. And, and sometimes the grizzlies too, um, I had a little grizzly come in last year. We were sitting in the stand and it was, it was, I saw it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be nice that evening. Get in the stand and hear all sort of thunder and thunderstorm coming and look on the little radar and it rained on us hard for like two hours. 
then I could see on the deal was about to pass, and I I told my buddy, I'm like, bear's gonna come in pretty quick after in all you know wasn't thirty thirty minutes after it's basically stopped and quieted down that that bear came in. So I don't know. A lot of it I think is at night because it gets quiet. Although it seems like those grizzlies, you get most of the pictures of them between midnight and three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it seems like they'll find it at like, four, you know, between three and six o'clock in the morning. And then they'll usually come back that night, you know, but for every, although for every, every one or two that does that, you get one, I shot mine last year, like nine o'clock. Although the, the night before he came in at like one thirty and didn't give me a shot. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's kind of why I was asking what you thought about that. Cause it seems like they're hard. I mean, well, you, cause yeah. I, I get the same thing as far as like pictures and stuff. Yeah. A lot of times it is like after midnight mm-hmm. type thing, you know, but I've even had like w- one year I had a sow with three cubs, grizzly. And she hung out that bait for about two days, but she never came at night. It was always during the day. And I don't know if that was because she felt safer with those cubs. Yeah. Because there was less activity going on, you know, bear activity. Yeah. So she felt like that was when she could go in there. Yeah. I guess that's what I would suppose. It's just interesting to speculate on that you just, to a degree, those grizzly bears are just unpredictable. It's not, you know, if you get a black bear that actually happens to come in about 1030 every night or what, you know, for two or three nights in a row, he's probably going to do the same thing the next night. But those grizzlies and yeah, yeah. I mean, they just don't stick around long enough for you to pattern them. Even if you could, that's all right. Well, you know, he came in last night. So if I climb up here in the stand and. Is he going to come in at nine o'clock? Is he going to come in at three thirty in the morning? I mean, I end up doing a lot of basically all night sits. That's what I was going to say. So what you're saying is you need to just camp out there, pretty much. <laughs> and a lot of times they just never show up. You know, get you get some quite a few one and dones, but yeah, it's it's one of the reasons that I I like doing it. It's just such a trying to figure. I don't know if calling to... it a chess game is. Yeah, but it's right, trying, but it just take it's an exercise in persistence. Yeah, well, it's trying to figure them out. I mean, it's like trapping or anything. You know, you start seeing sign or, you know, excuse me, um, just like a pattern, and you're trying to or you're trying to piece together that pattern. Yeah, you know, I guess that's part of hunting them. You know, it's that's what I say about like baiting. I mean, a lot of people not liking it, but it's not as easy as, you know, no, it, it sounds. I mean. It's absolutely is not. And especially to get like a, to get a mature bear. Yeah. When you're doing, when you're doing the whole process yourself, it ain't, it's anything but easy. Yeah. You know, trying, you know, find, finding a productive spot can be really tough and you got to kind of do it right. It's not rocket science, but you do kind of have to do it right <laughs> Run a run across you know quote unquote baits that weren't cleaned up in July that were just a bag of dog food with some jelly, like in a trail with some jelly on it. Yep. Bear never hit that one. <laughs> no, no. It, that that's kind of what you were or what we were talking about earlier is finding a spot too. What do you think? 
because I've tried this too in the past where I've did a couple different baits mm-hmm. and then just, it's more work because I'm trying to keep up on multiple baits. Yeah. But I'm at least able to pick the better one. Yeah. You know, I've did that before to try to narrow it in. Yeah. You know, and maybe I might have to sacrifice one year a little bit. Like, yeah. To hopefully get a good spot. I mean, really, that's the spot that I have now. That's kind of how I came about it. I ended up putting out a couple baits. Oh, I mean, one bait didn't even get hit at all. Yeah. I mean, nothing. And I just felt like it was such a waste. But then I had another one where I was I was going through 200, 300 pounds of dog food a week. Yeah. You know, and, and it was like I couldn't, couldn't keep it baited enough. Yeah. And that's one of the, one of the things part of me wishes that you could prospect up here, you know, up here we're if you don't know, we're only allowed to run two bait stations per person. Yep. And so what I talk about prospecting is I know guys in other parts of the States will, they'll take, you just make a small, like a five gallon bucket worth of bait and a little stink bait or whatever, and put five, put baits in five or six different spots to see where you get, where you get hit and then focus on those areas. Yeah. You know, pull the other stuff and focus there. You know, part of me wishes you could, you could, you could do that up here, but it would get abused. Yeah, it would. And that's kind of, I guess what I was, you know, what I've done, but on a legal scale, Yeah, you know, and you can, I guess the thing with that also is you don't want to this is my opinion. I don't think you, you could still do it on the same river system or a trail system is harder because I mean, those bears might travel five miles. Yeah. So I I would say you need to spread it out if you're trying to locate, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, totally. So. Although, know. and it's weird cause, and this goes back to just, you know, like I was talking about picking you know, whether it's the right geographical feature where they're going to get the wind, you know, one, you know, we've had baits in different spots, not very far apart, just like less than a mile apart before. And the one of them gets hammered and the other one never even gets hit. And look in hindsight, you know, it was, it was because of stuff like prevailing wind. And so what do you think about, uh, I mean, I know we're, we're on a we're kind of on the river, so there what about guys that are like maybe in the hills like do you think up on a hill is better than down in a valley you uh, know i've i think down down in a valley is better i don't have a ton of experience with that other than i know some of the guy and some guys get them up on hills i think in that i in that circumstance i'd look for areas you know low stuff tells me black bears Areas stuff is kind of, yeah, but areas that are down low and and are really close to like nice thick cover, like you said, and areas in, you know, possible corridors that they might be traveling and an old, one old trapping manual, it all sticks in my head. I remember reading, talked about, you know, I think it was setting for Fox, you know, long lining for Fox down in the States, you know, talked about how that you should always make your set down in the bottom as opposed to up on top of the ridge. Cause a lot of that scent from on top of the ridge blows you know, over the blows valley. over the valley. You know, maybe if you're in a spot where you're getting, you know, th- cool thermals that are bringing it down, that could be different. But 
you know, if you got any kind of strong wind and you're just up on top of the ridge, um, in some circumstances, I think it could blow the scent over them, but that's not to say there's, there's areas. One, the fir- very first bait I put out, I, uh, shot, it's when I shot that eight foot black bear on when I was a kid, just lucky, but kind of got lucky. And then hindsight looking at it and it was on, on kind of a spine of a ridge going down, but looking at that, it all was a big funnel and they were, you know, moving down this valley right past that. And they happened to be smelling and I never got a lot of bears on that. And that may have been why it may have just been bears that were traveling up, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I. But I, think, I if if I, if I, I was agree with the if I was thing. doing it, I would I would put it down low. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I was just up on hills. I was just curious because I've did them on hills and those have not been nearly as. It never had near the bears, if any. Yeah, as compared to ones that were in a lower valley or. And it may be, and maybe a combination of the scent and. Dislocation. Just location and where. Where those bears itself. are going to be coming from, you know, you, it's almost like you want to have a good thick bedding area, so to speak, pretty near your bait. And a lot of those hillsides just don't they don't have have that that, that area that bears feel real comfortable because you know if a bear's hitting that bait hard, they're going to eat and then they'll go back and lay down back in the woods. Yeah, that's kind of why I said earlier I like an area that has some thick cover, somewhere yeah. close by, pretty close, if not right there. Just for that reason, because I think they feel safer. Yeah. I, I think if, even with a big bear, you know, that's what I've noticed where mine, I, I would like it to be a little thicker than it is. Yeah. I almost like not being able to see more than, you know, 30 yards back in the woods. Yeah. And see, I, I can get a little more distance than that. Typically, I spot the bear before I even, you know, I'll spot it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, think big, deathly quiet. And I just spot it. And over the years, I kind of know where they come from. So I, look, yeah. I concentrate <clears throat> looking in those areas. That's true. Born beta mine, call it the green mile. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. Cause they do, they use them same, this, well, it's like, if you think about it, you know, watch what a fox does in the wintertime. And I mean, they just use the same trail over and over and over. Yep. And I mean, I don't, I don't see why bears would be any different, especially coming into a food source like that. Yeah. You know, and they just you know they they end up using what the easiest route is, and yeah, you know over over the years that tends to get. But yeah, that one bait of mine, it's got a packed trail that wide back, and and it goes through this. It's kind of right on the edge of the black spruce, and I like baiting black bears around that. It seems like they like that dark, dark tall timber, spruce, yeah. and uh, behind the bait, it's all you know trees with just thick alders and then this kind of clear open mossy green pretty stand of spruce trees goes way back in there and that trail goes right down the middle of that and that's not always but that's usually where they'll where they'll come from so i started calling that the green mile (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool yeah it's i think sometimes i'll catch sometimes before i see them i'll catch movement back there in the trees and be able to get ready yeah yeah, I, that is the one thing that about being in somewhere thick. Our the bait we had when I was a kid, it was pretty thick. I mean, you never knew. Sometimes you'd hear a bear. Well, what you thought was a bear, you might hear a stick break. You know, you could tell it was circling. 
Yeah. And then, and I mean, this was before trail cameras. We didn't use trail cameras or the little, the old little chirp wire things yeah. and all that. I mean, we were just guessing. Yeah. I mean, we never knew what kind of bears were coming. Besides, if there was bait gone, we knew yeah. we had a bear coming. If the in. logs are knocked off the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was, uh, it, it was weird because you knew there was a bear in the vicinity because you could hear him, like a stick or whatever. Yeah. And it might be an hour, yeah. sometimes more than that. And then all of a sudden the thing's just, it's there at the bait. You never heard a thing. Yeah. Well, I've seen them where they just sit there and just wait yep. and wait and listen. I'm sure they're listening, you know. Yeah. And I've even had them come in and then, you know, get a little ways where I can see them and sit there and just stare at the bait and just do, just sit there and listen and listen and listen. And then they, you know, just convince themselves there's nothing wrong and, yep. come, and go in there. Go in. Yeah. That's what I, like I said, I... I think bear baiting gets a bad rap. I mean, maybe I'm pounding that to death, but it's like, I mean, you can you can be pretty ethical when it comes to bear baiting. Oh yeah, well, and I mean, selective, ethical, and then not 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 only that. I mean, to me, it's a, it's you learn quite a bit. You just just the habits of the bears, kind of what they do. You get to see them. Yeah, you know, I. I enjoy doing that. I mean, there's, I haven't shot that many bears off this, my good bait. I've let other people shoot them because I've been holding out for a big one. Yeah. And getting to see some of these other guys get to shoot the first thing they've ever shot. They, they've loved it. You know, yeah. my kids, my wife, all of them, you know, have shot their first bait bears yeah. off that bait. And, and not to get too derailed on that whole deal, but yeah, I, I definitely, I get a little fired up about it too because most of the people that that i don't know whether they say it's all it ain't fair chase or it's easier or whatever Mo, the vast majority of those people have never tried going and doing it themselves no you know and, that's for one they just can't and whether it's you know black bears looking down on shooting black bears on bait or grizzlies if you want to not talk down shooting grizzlies on bait yeah, I've seen some spot and stock cunt, you know, because everyone, oh, spot and stock, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that's so much better. Well, sometimes it, yeah, sometimes baiting is easier than that. Sometimes it's not. Like, they're, I mean, they're in good spot and stock country, like, you know, that's where you are you can have multiple opportunities in a day where, yeah, you, you know, maybe when you're baiting, but. You may be like me in the past two years. I've had to sit for two months before I ever got a shot. Well, and I think it's like what you said. Those The grizzly bears on a bait are, that's still totally different than spot and stock. Yeah. In spot and stock, their their environment has not really changed. Yeah. If, if I'm making sense, you know what I mean? Whereas when you have a bait, that environment has changed a little. I mean, that's... What you're trying to do is draw them in, you mm-hmm. know, and spot and stock. They're just going about their normal yeah. everyday It habits. seems like to me, you know, bears that are not alerted are not very hard to get close to a lot of times. No. I mean, I, I don't think so, but that's what I kind of, I guess what I'm alluding to. When they come to that bait, they know there's human scent there. There's stuff that's been there that's yeah. kind of out of the ordinary, whether they're used to it or not. Yeah. So it changes that dynamic a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I see it, at least. I mean, it's still a challenge either way you do it. Yeah. And 
I have I have yet to kill a grizzly on a bait, you know. They've kind of petered out on my bait. I don't see near the grizzlies that I used to. Yeah. I mean, I do see some, but anymore I'm kind of, I want to say I gave up on it, but it's yeah. it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. When they first yeah. opened that up and I was like, oh man, it's gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be able to whack that big bear that I saw the year before and this and that. Yeah, that's the funny just, thing. Every year, it's like you see all these trail cam pictures of giant grizzlies around Fairbanks, and oh, we're gonna go kill this one. All right, well, yeah, good well, luck. Maybe one Let or two know. of those ever get shot. You know, it's yeah, just, and a certain amount of them, you know, get shot because you guys just get lucky. Yeah, you know, yeah, right the, place at the right, right time. Yeah, right place at the right time and right conditions. But to be consistent with it, it takes you got to be pretty devoted to it no and i i agree i've learned that well just you know listening to your stories and stuff you know i mean i don't know it's one of those deals where i think you've got it figured out i mean i won't say 100 percent because i don't think you're ever going to have no yeah but you kind of know you've learned now and you know kind of what to look for you know just like you said some nights you ain't you're not going to hunt that bait because of x number of reasons you know so I don't know. I just definitely black bear is a lot is easier. Yeah. Than, than uh, especially if you just want a black bear. Yeah. You know, if you want some trophy quality or whatever, it might take you a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. it just depends. Yeah. I guess depends where you're at, and you know. Yep. <laughs> it's 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 really hard to say. I mean, it's I've seen the, a variety of stuff. Yeah. Over That's, the years, it's just oh, it constantly changes, and then you'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some, you know, seen baits that some years just got bears crawling all over them. Like, you, you got to beat them with a stick to keep them off. And then a couple of years later, it's slim pickings. You yeah. know, you just never know. And that's not because you're shooting all of them. Yeah. It's just they, well, a couple of years ago, I don't know what happened. There just was hardly any black bears. I don't know if there was, you know, all a bunch of berries held over from the year before that were just something was keeping them off there talking to all kinds of people in that country that everybody in that area was seeing the same thing there just weren't the black bears that there normally was like i think i had that year i had picture of one black bear on a bait this this was just a couple years ago yeah maybe four years ago yeah it was yeah it was in the past few years because it was i had picture of one or two black bears all season and this is a bait where it's established enough. Normally, you know, put bait out a week later, it's got three to six black bears on it. And then, you know, you may see 15 or 20 throughout a whole season. But they, were just, they were just gone. And then they were kind of back the next year a little bit. Like I said, stuff's gone haywire since that guy, since those two guys have kind of oh, bracketed yeah. me. Yeah. I'm sure they're pulling a few off yeah. of there. But Yeah, that makes it tough when that happens. And, and I you know, I've talked to both. Well, I, I talked to the guys down lower and I was like, yeah, you know, like just so I'm like, I'm not going to tell you, you need to move it. Cause you don't have to, yeah. but I'm right there. And then the other guy, I know he knows exactly where, I, and that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. No, and that's what you got to do. I mean, <laughs> it does, that gets frustrating. I mean, there's always going to come a time, this is my opinion, but I think there's always going to come a time where you're either going to get sick of that and just move and find another spot. Or he again. is. 
<laughs> or he is. Yeah, one of the, I guess yeah. whoever can hold out the longest, you know. But I mean, I've been I've been in that same boat, just frustrated because. Yeah, and on the, at the on the on the one hand, you know, I like I don't want to go be a jerk about yeah. it, be that guy. Yeah, even though I may have some like little upset feelings in my yeah. no <laughs> in I, my I mean, heart, but <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's but I'm not gonna you know go like there are guys that would go cuss out and yell at someone for you know doing something that technically is perfectly legal yeah well and what i think about a buddy of mine this happened to him he put out a bait one year a new bait and come come to find out well actually i've had this even happen to me years ago put out this new bait and not realize it but you're like really close to somebody Sometimes ha- hundreds of yards. I haven't asked you, and I don't plan on asking you exactly where your spot is, but I think we may have done that to you once. Because I think I know the general area. Do you? You might. <laughs> well, my, my dad had put this bait in, and it was his bait. And I went down there to hunt it one night, and I think, no, he had seen one night, hadn't seen anybody down there all, at least the times he was going. And then went to go down there one time, and there was a boat like 300 yards away and so we're like ah we'll just pull it after this year and leave it and we have you know we did but one i can't remember if it's before that or after that i i sat one night and there was a big a big boar black bear and sow coming in and or had pictures of them and sat down and i saw one little sow with like a diamond blaze on her chest Mm -hmm. but uh all night i hear bang crack crash you know the is drum getting beat oh, around, beat around. <laughs> no, a few hundred I mean, yards down the river. And, and no, and I think that happens. And I mean, sometimes you can't help that. I mean, yeah. it's just how it is. And what I would tell somebody, if, if that happened to me and I knew it and I got to talk to whoever it was, I'd be like, you know, you ain't got to move your spot, but I would hope that they would the next year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, just out of common courtesy type of a yeah. thing. And I mean, for me personally, it's just, you're not doing either person any favors. No, no. You know, it's like, oh, we'll go put here because this is where all the bears are. Well, it ain't going to be that good for either one of you. Yeah. But. No, I think, I mean, and that, like I said, I think if, if people are just courteous to each other a little bit and talk and communicate some too, you usually can figure it out. Yeah. You know, and, and that's with any kind of hunting too. No, it you is, know, but because it's hard to get. I mean, there's going to be places. It's hard just to get away from people. Yeah. I mean, you know, I that's ideal. That's a, that's what everybody wants. Yeah, but it doesn't always work out that way. Or do you have the means to be able to do that? Yep. Some guys may not be able to travel long ways or have a boat or whatever. Yep. I mean, I still think you should go out and do it. You know, regardless. Yeah. Do what you can. I mean, I know guys that don't even have four wheelers. You know, and they just pack it in on their back if you have to, you know? I mean, yeah, it's more work, but how bad do you want it? Yep, exactly. You know, I mean, and a lot of guys are thrilled to kill a five-foot black bear. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's, I'm not going to down them for that. If they they want to shoot a five-foot black bear, go for it. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. There's not a shortage of them. Nope. That's for sure. Anyway. Yeah, well, we better wrap this one up. I got to get back inside, but yeah, thanks for stopping by, Matt, and uh, always good to see you, and I'm sure we'll have you back on here again, and we'll uh, 
figure out those arrows once yeah. I get them. Hopefully, you get, you get those wood get arrows. Get them flying we'll, somewhat. We'll, we'll, we'll put half the, put half a turkey on them to get them flying we'll, straight. We'll, we'll put some uh, seal oil finish or something on yeah. those. On those things. No. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you have comments or questions, you can email podcast at tundratalkak.com. Thanks.